It's always soccer in Philadelphia, and really, why wouldn't it be? <laughs> no matter what, you know, why would it? Why would it not be soccer? Yeah, in Philadelphia, it's always soccer in Philadelphia because we always see the same game on the road. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's always it's always the same. It's always a boring, scoreless. It's always <laughs> the same thing over and over and over again. Now, I I um. So I'll be honest with you, I DVR'd the game because the Sixers were on at the same time. I watched like the first 20 minutes and I flipped over the Sixers. And, you know, I had it in my mind. I was going to go back and watch the um, the rest of the game, like the rest of the 70 minutes or whatever the hell, uh, the next day. But I nah, really, what nah. the fuck was the point? No reason. Yeah. We've seen this game. How many times have we seen this road game where they just get like maybe one shot on goal? They get one chance and they miss it. They get yeah. shut out. It's, it's a boring game. We've seen this road game for... Five, six years. We've seen this movie before. <laughs> it's not uh, the Shawshank Redemption. It's more like, um, what's a terrible movie? Like a just Geely? A, Geely was a bad movie. <laughs> um, the Fifth Element was a pretty bad movie. Batman and Robin. Speed 2. Speed 2. Um, <laughs> yeah, any, like the Rockies that got into like five or how many Rockies were there? Like five right. or six or some shit. Yeah, and know. then they started with the Creed. So it was, uh, we've seen the movie before. It was not a good movie. It was a bad movie. And uh, therefore, I, you know, I just shared the picture on Twitter not long ago. Our rundown currently has three things written on Well, it's got four things written on it. It says Union Shitty. Uh, Latou slash salaries and then questions. So the good thing is that even though the union gave us a big poop sandwich the other night <laughs> again, and in Toronto too, yeah, you know, because we didn't do another, uh, haven't done a pod since yeah. then. Uh, Russ was on last week, uh, but we do have other other things thankfully to talk about. And it looks like the questions are pretty good today. So we're just gonna roll right through this thing. I just came over from uh, forty five minutes of Brett Brown uh, post end of season stuff and Brian Colangelo 46 minutes. So, uh, I'm kind of like, you're like, tired. Uh, well, I'm not even, t- I'm to the point where I'm just like, you're loopy batty. Yeah. Loopy. <laughs> Loopy's the word I'm looking for. How uh, many questions did you get in? Was it a ton of reporters there or was it? There were, I believe the inquirer had five different <laughs> columnists. <laughs> That's funny. Cause I'm like at the end of the thing, I'm looking over in the corner. I see Sealski and Marcus Hayes and, uh, Murphy and yeah. Sarah Todd and Pompey. Yeah. Um, are all kind of huddled in the corner, like uh, kind of Who's figuring out what, what they want to write. Yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sitting here by myself, just like hammering out as much <laughs> shit as I possibly can. But I like it, you know, because I'm working at my own pace and I have autonomy, as they would say. Yeah. Um, so do we want to talk about Toronto and Columbus at all? Do you have anything to say about that? Or should uh, we just read? So I went to a bar to watch the uh, Toronto game with Matt DeGeorge. You did. You guys, uh, were, you guys had a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it made me a little sad because like. I know the union are still not a big deal, but like one TV in the corner, like we had to ask for, there was no other Philly games on. I, I, I think the Phillies were on and no one was paying attention to it. And I don't know. I, f- I feel like in Atlanta or Toronto, if these games are on and, and there's nothing else on. Maybe at a sports bar, there's a few more people watching. Mm-hmm. It just seems like we've talked about this before. It just it's, it's sad that people just really, yeah, majority of people in Philly out on a Friday night are not, even even realizing there's a union game on yeah yeah I that's mean, the least of their problems <laughs> no i mean it's a, that's you know that that's the part of the podcast that feels like comes up everywhere yeah. you know um it was but yeah that was a pretty boring game too you you never really thought the union could win maybe if they got lucky they could steal a point um and then columbus you thought might be their best chance because they've beaten them on the road of their last like four wins on the road i think two were were versus columbus but they just yeah. did not do anything and had that great chance at the end i guess did you see that or did they I mean, win cj yeah cj the... just did not yeah, get listen, a, enough juice on it and yeah and i that. wouldn't say i mean i wouldn't describe that as a sitter i mean it's not like it was like a wide open net or anything i mean like harris just kind of hit that right in at him and it's like hard to read that and turn your hips and get it into a corner yeah, i mean like Sure, he probably could have done better, and like a lethal finisher does finish that, but I'm not really going to kill him. I'll kill him for the four other misses that he has earlier this year, but I wouldn't really like – I mean, CJ basically just gets his ass kicked every game out there because he's got yeah. no help and nobody else. Doing so he had five shots total last night, yeah. three on target. And the three on target, only target. like two were like right at Zach's. Stefan, I mean, his only big save was the, was the one at the end, and the yeah, Doge Jim called, actually had the volley yeah, that he hit, hit it right at him. At him yeah, right, yeah. Uh, Jim said in hindsight, like maybe Harris should take that shot, but uh, you know, that's 
I guess yeah. hindsight's twenty twenty. Well, yeah, and there was something earlier in the game too where um, uh, Harris had a free, uh, quick free kick that he took so early that uh, the cameras didn't even see it, and so I didn't see it. I was just like, I, you know, you're struggling so much to score. Like when I play Casa, that's like the most like frustrating thing. Like like for a defender, like you get a uh, you get a nice set piece in like a dangerous area, and you know I gotta walk my ass like fifty yards up the field to get in position to like attack a header or something like that, or you take a quick free kick or a quick uh, corner or something like that. And if it's there, it's there. I get it. I'm not gonna like poo poo that, but. Uh, when you're struggling to score so much, take every opportunity that you have and just try to maximize yeah. it, you know, um, wait for everybody to get up there think about what you want to do. And, you know, cause God knows that, uh, those chances are few, few yeah. and far between for this team. You know? yeah, I mean, so. two, yeah, two road games. I mean, hardly any scoring chances, uh, zero goals. They haven't scored in a road. They haven't scored a goal in the road all season. I don't think. Right. It's just yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, and four, four shutouts. Yeah. So um, it's like, <laughs> So the road, I mean, the road thing was one they talked before the season. They're gonna try to change on the road and be more pressing and and aggressive. And it's they're they're worse on the road so far this year than, than they were last year when, when he only had one win all year. Eight point, yeah. And our one road win last year was versus like DC United, which is like where they killed him two hours, yeah, yeah. which is two hours away. Eight, like, <laughs> uh, uh, you know that actually reminded me of something. I'll write it down, save it for later. But yeah, right. go ahead. <laughs> No, that's yeah. I'm, is there anything else you want to talk about the team, or, or just move uh, to our favorite Frenchman? Eight, uh, eight points, point eight, <laughs> point eight nine points per game. Yeah, they're not two wins, eleven, uh, eleven, uh, two wins, five losses, two draws, six goals for. They have the fewest goals scored in. Yeah, in the league, yeah, because Seattle's down to seven, and they've only yeah. played. Oh, they've played eight games, huh? And it's crazy to oh, even it's games. crazy to even talk about the playoffs. You could do the whole, like Jim Moore, the whole Jim Moore playoffs thing. But well, it, I think we already did. I added that soundbite yeah. into a clip. But just like that. real quick, because I mean, I was thinking before Columbus that that could be the only team they could potentially pass for the sixth Play seed, which which would be like best case for them. I mean, if you look at the East, I think Atlanta, New York, the Red Bulls, Toronto. And Orlando are maybe five of the best teams in the league. So, I mean, I, I just don't see. I think best case for the Union is they sneak into the six. They'd have to get yeah. really hot, and they'd have to pass Columbus and, and New England and Chicago. I just, yeah. it's, just cra- it's just crazy to even think about at this point. But the chances of them, <laughs> the chances of them so, doing anything this season are, like, less than 10%. So, it's Mont- is it Saturday they play Montreal? Or yeah. is it Sunday? So, Saturday against... Three o'clock Le- game, Le- Saturday. Le- Le- the Montreal. Well, it's kind of like the movable object versus the stoppable force here. But <laughs> Montreal is 1-6-0. Uh, and o on the road they've played seven road games already and they've only played three at home but they're two and one at home uh, yeah and i think you would probably say that they have more talent than philly their defense is shit though i mean they've they given the best, up 24 goals and they, they got a the negative player 10. in the field right piatti so I don't yeah know. yeah um so i think the philadelphia union are probably two six and two coming out of this <laughs> thing so yeah. anyway uh just real quick i wanted to read the george was on the conference call today so let's just read quickly this is how well you're going to get your update now i'm just going to read his twitter timeline real quick we could have him on the show we could but i you know i'll he's, we'll figure he's that fire. out yeah. he's fire s- he has one to come to fish time. <laughs> yeah. you want to drive your ass up to fish now. a <laughs> subdued sounding jim Curtin addressed the media uh Curtin says sapong is in a lot of pain over his hip uh, didn't do much in the regen session. Corey Burke time. Curtin says there will be at least four changes, possibly more, going to the weekend. Uh, Jay Simpson did not make the trip. So Corey Burke. So Corey Burke's definitely going to start pretty much. I mean, Fontana has a chance to start maybe. Derek Jones also did not t- make the trip. What the fuck for? Curtin, uh, <laughs> you'll see some rotation in the wide spots. Uh, translation, our wingers are shit. Uh <laughs> And that's about all I've got from. Should we go to Tansy's? Uh, yeah, he's, he said um, the same thing. I, I I think Tansy tried to come up with the. Uh, let me get on Tansy. Yeah, with an eleven there. There you go, Fontana. He oh, thinks, he came up with his eleven. He I'm thinks sorry. Fontana could start, I'm and then all over the place. and then Epps could start on the wing. So Joe yeah. Tansy at J Tansy ninety, who com- who's, <laughs> Good a, plug. who's a who's a uh, podcast. He's rival. been a he's a friend of the program. He's been <laughs> on this program before, but I got to get him. Uh, I got to get him on a landline or something. He thinks it's going to be Blake Rosenberry, Elliot, Trusty Gaddis, Medunian, and Bedoya, Pico, Fontana, Epps, Burke. Pico, Fontana, Epps, Burke, if that doesn't strike fear into the hearts of my... Man, but yeah, just, it's better than the guys who are making millions of dollars, right? So why not try, <laughs> why well, not try it? Yeah, it looks like Derek Jones is the recipient of this year's Keegan Rosenberry Bad Attitude Award. Um, I don't... You think that's it? It's I, not I, like that was a surprise. I mean, it's not like... Well, I, I shouldn't say that. It's not fair to say he's got a bad attitude. It's not... I don't think he has a bad attitude. I think there were always questions about Derek's kind of 
like work ethic and like commitment and how much of a like how how dialed in I think he was, you know. But you remember how big they were about his signing last year. I mean, front page yeah. of the or not front page of the Inquirer, but like a huge <laughs> huge deal in the whole press conference. Talk and about like, it, it was on a big, sports radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a big I'm just one. Yeah, and, and Barkhand probably didn't know who the fuck <laughs> the Union were. Yeah. Oh, we got Jim Curtin, the head coach of the Soul, uh, <laughs> coming on. Again. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty much that for yeah, that, isn't it? Get to the Frenchman. I've been waiting ten minutes. Do you want to do that? Or should we do the? Do you want to do the salaries oh, first? I'm so excited about Latou. Well, okay, we'll do the salaries. Okay, let's do the salaries first. So uh, the Save list the best came out. Yeah, and of course, like none of this ever includes like transfer fees or like you know little stuff they get on the side or whatever. So we're just going by the seat of our pants here. But apparently, Borak Dojkal is making one point seven million as a base salary, <laughs> which is like almost twice as much as like uh, Sasha Kleshton, and yeah. he makes more than so Dojkal, many players. Dojkal is now the highest paid player in Philadelphia Union history. Yeah, and and if you look at the league, like where he's at, he's he's making more than a lot of players who have been really productive for a while. This is so what we're gonna do, Dave. I'm gonna read these down real quick, and you're gonna give me your rapid reaction. To oh God. Okay, we're gonna do this uh, like a, it's part of the interruption just, or something. Can I just keep saying bad over and over again? <laughs> bad. <laughs> Dojkal, 1.7 million. Too high. Akam, 1.25 million. Uh, yeah, and play, uh, yeah, we'll see. Bedoya, 1.2 million. You know, we already knew that one. He's, like you say, the, it's kind of weird to make that much for a guy who Jim says he doesn't want to like notice on the field as like a glue guy, as you call him, but... Yeah, I guess yeah he, we don't want to notice him. That's what Jim said in the press conference. Like He's, he's the kind of player you just want to like kind of tie everything together and you want to notice but i mean i i guess he's worth that you he's, could if you wanted to do that you could pay me 1.2 million i'd go invisible on the field too is that like 1.2 mo- but listen again with the bedoya thing it's like i i you know he's got a thankless job next to a number a ball dominant number six who doesn't defend but again i think the theme with every union player union coach scout gm owner whatever the hell is that they never then do anything to help themselves yeah. Like, you know, where Ollie could bridge the gap in the middle with all that space there, he's instead floating around on the right. So, okay, Jay Simpson. You know who else got $1.2 million? Trump's lawyer Michael Cohen from that healthcare company for taking one meeting. Yeah, well. So uh, if anyone wants to pay me $1.2 million for, in- <laughs> for information on uh, Jay Sugarman, which I don't actually know, uh, feel free t- to reach out via PayPal. It's always politics. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Jay Simpson, five hundred eighty thousand uh, dollars. Yeah, no, that, that's a great deal. Great deal. <laughs> the next, for, you know, fart for noise. The next, one, we're gonna do one podcast where I just make fart noises into the into the. Uh, into the uh, my kid now he watched uh, the Despicable Me movies a lot, mm-hmm. and they have like a fart gun. So he he just like takes <laughs> objects like a crayon or a marker. He's like, look, it's my fart gun. And he just goes around pointing at people, going. <laughs> <laughs> No, listen. We, what, should, if, we should have it on the podcast. <laughs> if the union, if the union uh, lose on Saturday, I'll just get on. I'll hook up the microphone on Sunday, and I'll just I'll roll the open. And instead of saying like "there's always soccer," blah, blah blah, I'll just I'll just go. Yeah. If you need my kids on, my four-year-old likes doing that, and and my uh, almost one-year-old can also can also make that noise. This now. podcast used to be like semi-professional, and it used to nah, be respectable. Yeah. Now on. it's just like it, okay, so CJ was never respectable. That's uh, true. Stop it. True. CJ was is making five twenty-five. Yeah, I mean, after his season last, they year. gave him a raise, which I guess he deserved. Sure, it's not. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, it's it's just kind of. A lot of Ernie's moves in the offseason almost just seem like lazy. Like, let's, let's give CJ a raise. That's fine. Give Blake a raise. Bring Elsino back for yeah. a little bit less, but still a lot. I, I feel like he... I feel like these players wasn't are that making creative, his like, season. like look if you if you're telling me based on modern day MLS that CJ is worth 500 and Harris is worth 500 and Andre Blake is worth 450 okay fine yeah, yeah. Uh, sure I no, don't disagree fine, with yeah. that but then again when you look at what Kansas City is paying their $500,000 players I mean like the production as Dave drops his phone uh, falling apart um is not just doesn't match, you know. So you got Ilsenio at three hundred. That's that's Ray, high. Ray got one, two, three, four, Don't five. Don't you think Ilsenio is Ray Gaddis, Ray oh. Gaddis is the eighth highest paid player on this team. He deserves it. He's a loyal. And soldier. Richie Marquez one forty five is not playing. Warren Cabral Ray Gaddis gets raises just for playing. just for being in Philly this long. Like we know it's hard for you. Yeah, just here, yeah. here's some money. <laughs> All right. So do you any do you, before we wrap up that? Do you have anything general to say about the? I forgot to introduce Baxter. By the way, I'm sorry, man. <sighs> Baxter's here too. He's licking my hand. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, I, I guess the overarching thing is what you kind of said. Yeah, they're spending more, but they're still not really keeping up, and they're not really spending well. I mean, I mean, I guess it's hard. You don't want to blame Jay Sugarman completely. I I know fans want to, but I mean, he is 
giving them more money to work with. That's so, true. I mean, he's, he's not like, he's not like totally stiffing the guys. And, and, and if you're Jay Sugarman, you're like, all right, here's a million more per year. And then he sees it going to board. <laughs> it's like, yeah. what's going through his mind right now? Like, well, somebody what's... wrote, I'm sorry. I can't remember who the author was, but somebody wrote for PSP the other day. Um, kind of like yeah. a column. Don't, yeah, don't that. call them cheap anymore. They're not cheap or whatever. And, uh, I get the thinking that they're always kind of there in that clump of middle of the road teams, um, you know, and they have increased their spending significantly this year. But again, I always kind of look at it on like a, I, I look, I give Jay credit for spending more money this year. You know, I do. I mean, they have three million dollar DPS now on this team. You know, yeah. so three highest plays that eliminates one of the main history. gripes that we've always had about this team is that they're not willing to spend those seven figure salaries to go out and get difference makers. Now, if you're going to tell me is a comma difference maker when you got him with other people's money, uh, Bedoya again, I've always said is a seven figure glue guy, and Dogecoll is not, you know, earning the money right now. You also made but, the po- you also made the point that they've never spent tons on a transfer fee. Like if you want to spend, if you want well, a great it, two million dollar player like say Miguel Almirón, yeah. like you need to spend how much on a transfer fee, and and, and and that's something that they won't do. So they'll well, exactly that's what I'm saying. You can find, I mean like the transfer fee that Red Bull played for paid for Kaku is like six million dollars. Yeah. That's like sixty six percent of the union's entire payroll, and not to mention that Atlanta paid fifteen million in a transfer for fee for Barco. So. Again, it's not. It's not. It it has to be. That all has to be framed within the context of what's going on league wide, and the union continually falls short because as that scale slides, uh, you know they are on their own bell curve that's below everybody else's bell curve. You know, so that's how I've always framed it. It's not. You can't look at it as the union in a vacuum. Well, they're spending this much money because it's like. If if I go down back down to Augusta, Georgia, and I see my friends for my first TV job, and I say, "Oh shit, man, your rent is only five hundred dollars, man. That's crazy. You know, you're doing a lot better than I am." But okay. that's ignoring the fact that like the cost of living in Georgia is like fifty yeah. percent less than what it is in Philadelphia. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. so you're you're everything's relative to what else is going on. Uh, you know, with the twenty whatever other teams in the league, so right. that was always my kind of counter yeah. to those things and as they, to yeah. whether they're cheap or not. Yeah, I mean, and they could they could be good if they spent like obviously it's not ideal for a big market team, but if they spent like fifteenth or sixteenth, like most in MLS, and they do have a good academy and they do things the right way and they spend money the right way, I mean, it could be a team that makes the playoffs every few years like a KC or something but they're sure. they're just not they're just not there they're they're not they're not there there's so. no reason that they can't be a, again nobody's sitting here saying that they got to be Toronto or Atlanta or Seattle or whoever but they can be Kansas City, Vancouver, New York Red Bull and yeah. whoever the hell so right. all right anyway uh real quick uh Wayne Rooney to DC yay or nay oh you're s- stalling on the two uh, I'm not stalling. I'm I, just have, I'm I just have other items. Wayne Rooney. Uh, I don't know. Did you see the uh, Ben Olsen uh, TMZ clip? That was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Who's Alexi Lawless? <laughs> TMZ. TMZ ben Olsen got more Ben Olsen. <laughs> We're like one step away from TMZ getting like Fabinho in an airport. All right, 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 yeah. <laughs> T- uh, ben Olsen got more out of the TMZ guy than the TMZ got out of him. <laughs> he, did. he found out like he that well. he lived in like DC. Falls Church or some shit. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Yeah, Ben Olsen handled it well. He was also, like, kind of excited in the beginning. You could tell. He's like, TMZ, wow. <laughs> he's like, you guys like, are out here, too. He's, he's like, do you guys know who I am? I'm Ben Olsen. Mm. Uh, uh, Pennsylvania's that, finest. That's good for the league, though. Uh, I mean, Wayne Rooney, I yeah, I guess he's not great right now. You, you probably watch him more in the Premier League, right? I, yeah, I, but you I, know what? It's, like, trendy, like to be like against the older players now because like because play your kids is in right now and if you're an mls personality or a journo or a writer or whatever the hell it's like real trendy to say like eh, whatever the fuck with the older guy you yeah. know but i guess i who guess is, is who is who, uh, is wayne rooney not automatically the best player on dc united when i don't know in? i guess he is kind of an old he's like 32 but he's kind of an old 32 like, he's been around for for like so long at this point he, i guess he, he's, he's like I so many miles on his leg yeah sure but listen i mean they're opening a new stadium down there nobody gives a flying fuck about dc united yeah. down there i mean like all the I'm graphics against, that no. came out the other night like the washington capitals are the first dc team to make it X far they have the same four major sports crapple that we go oh, yeah. we go through you know and they've been and that DC's been around from since '96 and they have a history and they're you know a, a, a team that's had some great players and won some titles there so it just seems like kind of a weird move to they've never spent on a 
big star before really in the in the realm of and Rooney. why would Wayne Rooney want kind of to go weird there. first I don't know he might have many many great options to be honest I mean yeah where else could he go well they I mean even he well yeah I mean I guess Manchester and Liverpool are not like the lo- most lovely aesthetically pleasing they're not yeah. beautiful cities as Robert Perez um, yeah. would say but all right so the two you want to talk about the two finally yeah um, yeah, it was a good uh, it was a good event down there. They they handled it well. They brought a, a JP down to introduce him to the press conference. He was emotional. He cried a little bit. They they brought down a lot of people to the press conference, which mm-hmm. you like a lot of a lot of front office people were, were there. Well, was um, it like genuine though, or yeah, was it, it like was fine, uh, it was because my gripe was always that like Nick would stuff. Uh, you yeah. had to stuff it with people, the press conference room with people to make it look more important. It wasn't like there was no sincerity. To no, yeah, the... this seemed like people wanted to see it too. Like okay. teammates came up, like Keegan, Fabi, John McCarthy all came up to watch. Afterwards, we got to talk to, we had some one-on-ones with Latou and Chris Albright, Jim Curtin, Ernie Stewart. Uh, I wrote a couple pieces. So it, it was a nice event. Um, yeah, I mean, we could talk about his legacy. I mean, I've re- I wrote a few pieces on it. Do you wanna do you well, want to jump on that first? What Well let what me are your just go, covering him? Um You know, I, I I was an advocate well and they added him to the ring of the ring of honor, right? So I was an advocate. I mean I said, you know, retire his number or whatever the hell, and then I got some pushback on that because some of the like fans who subscribe to the European like idea of, you know, numbers are sacred and they have positional matchups. Like what I get it. Okay. Like the number nine is supposed to be for the striker and the number 10 is supposed to be for the, the attacking midfield, whatever the fuck. I, I don't think that's a thing that American fans necessarily care about, but obviously then the best way to do it is just put his name up on a wall or like the, the ring of honor thing, like the Chicago fire do or whatever, you know? So, um, makes sense. The guy scored 50 goals, 50 assists. I don't think people realize how exclusive company that is. Yeah. Um, in MLS, it's not easy to do, and he got not just for the union. He had he had other goals and assists. Uh, yeah, for, yeah, beyond so. that for for yeah. his other teams. Yeah, but I mean, like he got there f- just as fast as Diego Valeri did. He got there faster than Javi Morales and Iguain and other guys on the list, like Kobe Jones and Landon Donovan, uh, Steve Ralston. Um, you know, there's some like amazing names on that list. So for Sebastian to be cons- to be in that group is is, yeah. is 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 nothing small. And I don't I don't think that like you know you could go both ways with it. You could say that Sebastian put up really really good numbers on shitty teams, um, and and you could say well would he have started on those Red Bull teams of the past or like the the uh, the good Seattle teams of the past? I don't know. But then the counterpoint to that counterpoint is well his you know obviously his teammates weren't as good. Yeah, he could have done yeah. He could have like done more on a better team. Do you know what I mean? Better team, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I can see both both sides yeah. of that. You no, know? He, he he was great. And if you go back and look, I mean, 2010 was incredible. He scored some great goals. He he was involved in like 70 something percent of the team's goals, which was a record. 20, Four, 14 and 11 yeah. on an expansion team. Yeah. yeah. And and 2011, he continued to score, allow our PKs, but they got in the playoffs. That was a good team. He scored the first playoff goal. Still one of only two playoff goals. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when he came Five back... Five open, cu- open yeah. cup goals. Too. Yeah, when he came back 2013, he, he had a ton of assists. Uh, 2014, uh, if you remember, in the summer, he was just a machine. Uh, mm. 2015, he scored in the Open Cup semifinals and the Open Cup finals, that great goal with uh, Noguera. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he, he just every year he, he, he did something great here. And the fact that he was traded twice, it's just... Uh, I kind of wrote about this. It, it, it's absurd. I mean, the way they treated him. And they traded him for nothing both times, just cash. I mean, yeah. 2011, we've talked about Peter Novak kind of went crazy. He wanted to sell him to Bolton to free up money. That didn't work out. He, and then he got tired of him. And that whole thing was a mess. And then... Yeah, I don't I don't remember how... Because Vito had a lot of details on that back story, in the day. Yeah. But the way that I understood it was that... Sebastian asked for a raise after the first yeah, year, and I think he, he was, was looking. He, he was grossly underpaid if you look at his numbers. Well, absolutely. And so the figure that I was told was that he was looking for like three hundred to four hundred, and then I think Peter lied and started leaking out the that Seba was asking for like one point one million, and uh, I think Peter was just like annoyed that somebody would even question his authority or whatever the fuck, you know. And I think yeah. it was just a classic case of like him, you know, having the having a huge ego and just you know shooting himself in the foot not not sebastian peter of course and uh i guess that's why that yeah that was the genesis of that whole thing it it seems to me looking back on it that peter was under the impression that if you have a good player who like overachieves maybe what soccer teams do is they try to get like a transfer fee they tried to sell him but the only problem was 
he didn't want to go. He, they tried to force him to, to go to Bolton, which is fine, but but Latou wasn't interested. So I mean, hmm. and well, he said he wasn't one hundred percent either. Yeah, he wasn't one hundred percent. He, like he, he was had to leave. Yeah, or he was injured. Yeah, he got injured in a trial. He said, and then he just really loved Philly, and he, him and Philly, the fans just had a, a great thing. So uh, yeah. oh my god. Phone drop number two. <laughs> Dropping again. And then getting traded the second time. We didn't question it as much. The time is 2016 wasn't a great season for him. He kind of was shifted more to like a reserve winger type thing. But that should have been the only that should have been the only yeah. time. Like nobody would have an issue with the but, trade but if it was just yeah. one after the, one, c- yeah. the continuation of 2010 to 2016. Right. I think everybody would say that's natural. But yeah. he, even that one, it's like they traded him because he was going to be a free agent. Fine. But to ship him for a couple of months, like a rental in Colorado for just some money, or I guess they wanted to free up space to sign like Bedoya and Charlie Davies. Even looking uh, back at that now, I mean, he would have helped them at that end of that season because they went on a big yeah. slump at the end of the year. He he would have played in the playoff game probably. Like I I don't understand that trade that much either. And the fact that it happened twice and and I never got anything back from him. It's just it's a big stain on the club, I think. I'm just I think um, you know, in 2010 obviously he was flying. 2011 he came out and he really struggled and he couldn't score. Um, but he took three penalties and he he hit all of them. I think he went 16 or 17 games without scoring a goal from the run of play in 2011. Um, But always in the lineup, just a hard-working, two-way kind of guy. Always busted his ass. You know, he was very, quote-unquote, Philly tough uh, (laughs) through and through. And I know that we kind of – I know we kind of make fun of that because it does get cliched. Cliched? Cliché? It is is a cliché. And we stereotype the shit out of it. But it's still a value that you look for in people, you know. Sebastian, of course, was never the most talented dude. His first touch escaped him a lot. Yeah. How many corner kicks did he cook over top of the back back post or whatever? His game had limitations. He he, had a perfect player. I mean, for Philly, I mean. Yeah. He did everything they asked for him. It's like marketing wise with fans and he scored a ridiculous. He knew, how to, score, he knew how to score goals. Yeah, he scored that ridiculous volley against Real Salt Lake in 2011 on the road, where he just hit it so hard that it came off of uh, Nick mm. Romano and went in, and then the goals mm. started coming in from them. And then and and then Peter traded him. He came back and he played on the right wing for Hack, and yeah. he had 12 assists in 2015. Yeah, right. So I, I don't, and that's another thing too. I don't think it's not just the 50 goals and 50 assists, but he was asked to do different things right. by different coaches, and there was a lot of. Discontinuity, incontinuity is one of those a word? Why are you trying to make up words? I don't know. I'm just like I said. I just listened to like 90 minutes of it. Uh, So there was a lot of he was asked to do like a lot of different things for different coaches and play in different positions. I I don't think like the average like national national media type um, like really probably had the same view or like understood how much back and forth there was with him. It wasn't just the trades, but he played some right wing. He played up top with Danny Mwanga and Ali Moreno a little bit. And then 2011, you remember when they signed Velko Panovic, how then Sebastian went up, played up top by himself. Mm-hmm. And they were sort of playing mm-hmm. like that four five one. Remember they just chunk, yeah. chunk balls over the top to him and he would get onto him. Uh, but he did yeah. a lot of different things. I, he was actually, I think more versatile than most people. Yeah. How many other guys played for all three coaches? Novak, Hackworth, and Curtin. I think it's probably just him and him and Brian Carroll, right? Ray Gaddis. Gaddis played for Novak. Twenty twelve. In the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Ray Gaddis, been around forever. Yeah, Gaddis, Carroll, and Latou. All three um, members of the new Ring of Honor. That's a good stat, Addy. <laughs> you, you know what? I, I I'll kidding. I'll say this about Sebastian. I and I want to. I stole this from uh, somebody on Big Soccer. Wrote it, but. He he, Sebastian always. Well, let me tell a quick story first. Um, there was a time when I was still working for the team back in like 2013. I want to say it was where Sebastian was playing really well and he was doing a lot of interviews and a lot of media and stuff like that. And I remember they explicitly told us. I don't know whose idea it was, but I, it was communicated to me that we were to stop writing about Sebastian. Really? Yeah, we were told to stop writing about him because they felt like his head was getting too big. What? Uh, mm-hmm. Like he did, he 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 always said yes to every interview and every camera, and he yeah, did he all was kinds great of events. Him, and I remember one one time he went out and like did some shitty event in Marcus Hook at some shit bar. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't even know if any fans were there, but he left after a game where he scored like two goals and just hauled ass to get down there. But somebody on Big Soccer pointed out that um, shared a picture of him sitting in the middle of the field looking at fireworks going off. And the stadium wasn't full, but it was just him sitting there. And this guy pointed out um, that Sebastian always, like, seemed to understand, like, the moment. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, like he understood that these were fleeting moments and he always you could see in real time him like taking it in and like appreciating it and knowing that as an athlete this might go away at any time you know but he always seemed to place value in his interactions with the with the fans and his experiences on the field and signing the autographs and talking to people and just just being there just just taking a deep breath and looking around and saying hey you know what um this is what my career is i'm thankful i'm I'm grateful for this you know and i think that was reflected in mm-hmm. his press conference too because he was emotional when yeah. talking about that stuff damn yeah. that that was beautiful kevin no it's, it wasn't my it wasn't I even i just stole I that from somebody I else you it. know but it's is it, no, not, is it yeah. not true like he always he of i always course, got the yeah. sense with him that he was he lived very much in the moment and he knew that like you know yeah this this may not be here very shortly you know he could injure himself the next day uh be traded obviously it already had happened at one point yeah. he was everything you want in a pro athlete he was. He was a great dude. Uh, the most, the, the thing I hated the most about Sebastian is that like transcribing, transcribing him was yeah. just a fucking bitch. Yeah, I remember <laughs> like we would, all, wouldn't we sort of just pass off the two to to one another? Didn't we kind of like take turns like transcribing? Because <laughs> yeah, I felt like the longer he spoke, the more like quicker it became. His English never got better too. He just like kind of got stuck in that accent. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any other? I mean. You want to take questions, but it's like well, let me do. Let's some people did do uh, comments on the two that we could. Well, first let's find. do. Let me do. Uh, let's do. You want to do crossing broad? Um, oh yeah, comments. Yeah, I don't know how many negative ones. Oh there yeah, because you got here. the scoop on the two. Well, I didn't even notice that until I got to the <laughs> to like the press conference. And yeah, it didn't really go. It it didn't me. really go national or anything, but that's <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, let's do some crossing broad comments. I would like to make this a regular thing, but I haven't like yeah, had, had many negative negative soccer comments lately. So, uh, but this is on the. Uh, yeah, the story about him being, uh, or that he will retire. Um, uh, la, 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 let's see. Um, oh, this guy says, so really, question mark says, stop the presses, a nobody playing for an irrelevant team playing a sport that no one in the country cares about is retiring. Nice work, Kevin. No one in the country cares about soccer. Yeah, it's I true. I feel like he could have done a little more research on that one. But. Carl Churkin says, uh <laughs> <laughs> Carl, Carl, why are you it's probably not the real Carl Chur- Yeah, We don't know for sure, though. We don't We're know. We're like 99% for sure. It's, it's, true. it's not really the real Carl Churkin. Carl Churkin uh, says 25 years from now, the trivia question will be name the only soccer player of consequence ever in the first 10 years of this god awful joke of a franchise. That's actually not a terrible comment. Uh, that's all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two Soccer Podcast says, Oh my God, I'm so happy. <laughs> This is the best idea since Crossing Broad decided to do two podcasts about the fifth sport in the area. I'm detecting a little sarcasm. If Cuz isn't a soccer fan, says... Oh, no, this is the whole post. If Cuz isn't a soccer fan, then neither am I. Fuck. Shit. Call. (laughs) If Cuz isn't a soccer fan, then... ah. Sorry. Okay, we're hung up now. What does Cuz say? If Cuz isn't a soccer fan, then neither am I. Who ever heard of a five-for-five guy? What the fuck? Uh, Which is ironic because Cuz actually is a soccer fan, or at least pretends to be. Um, Five-for-five, four-for-four. Yeah. That whole uh, thing needs to go away forever. Yeah. uh, I can't. Oh, Kim Kardashian? I can't read that. That's racist, isn't it? Is that one came through the filter, I think. I don't uh, think it was her either. Adam Maher had a really good post here, but that's popular. Um, oh, that's it. There's no real negative other stuff in there. Huh? Yeah, so, you had a couple. Huh? That wasn't so bad. All right, do you want to do... Why don't you do the questions? Me? Okay. Yeah. Uh, start from the bottom. Or if you want to look at the top, but sometimes you get more. Uh, Anthony Gruzdis had the first few. We talked about Rooney, which we talked about. Kevin was covering the Sixers and upgrade over your uh, union beat. Tough call, considering they <laughs> had a great team and fun. Yeah, it was Sixers was still at heart. So yeah, it's you know I think that was the most difficult thing was that I just I'm not like I was not really an NBA. I wouldn't have described myself as an NBA guy. Like I grew up playing basketball yeah. and like basketball, I've actually played the second most often or frequently behind soccer. But yeah, I mean like it was a fun Sixers team too. They are they were. Fun uh, did you ask that? Um, TJ McConnell, how it feels to make less money than Borak Doshkal. <laughs> no, I did not get to ask TJ that. He also asked the, the likelihood of any summer transfer. I don't, I don't know. I don't think they plan for one, to be honest, if they have $3 million players. Summer transfers? Yeah. I mean, I doubt it, yeah. Kevin, a different Kevin, says butterscotch or um, jelly crimpets. 
Uh, butterscotch. Yeah, I'd probably go with butterscotch. I'm not like a jelly. Yeah. Gets too messy. I'm not like a jelly donut kind of dude. Rich Ransom, best kiss song to listen during this uh, um, union run. <laughs> Does it have to be union all, related? Yeah. Or, well, my favorite kiss song is probably uh, uh, Lick It Up or like Plaster Caster, I want to say. I wasn't like a huge kiss fan. I liked some of their stuff, but I felt like they were a little... Uh, a little more about the theatrics and, and less about the uh, the music. My favorite Kiss album is the uh, Ace Frehley um, uh, solo album. He also asked, how does Curtin approach the rest of the season, play the kids or play the non-performing veterans? I think we know the answer to that. It's not going to be play the kids unless guys get hurt. <laughs> yeah. Um, he just doesn't. He said, how many times has he said that he's not going to just play the kids for the sake of playing the kids? He's going to have to earn it and, uh, Joe Tanzi had his Baxter feel about being put on a trading block. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> well, Joe is teasing the uh, event that they're doing, which is like the union yeah. uh, roundtable thing that's going on. A double Double Nickel actually is a great uh, destination. I'm gonna pimp out Double Nickel going? right now. I've been yeah, and I've oh, to been. The event? You're, you're going to his event. I will be going to. He the made event. it on my daughter's first birthday, so I'm probably not gonna yeah. be there. Well, you know what. Um, I, I, underst- bring her. I understand. I could make her first birthday party there. What do you think? Double Nickel is a great place. It's right off of the bridge in Pensauken, and uh, it's a really, really big uh, like space that has like a lot of cool stuff to do. And the and the the beers are um, are solid. I went there when we did a tour of a couple breweries. Double Nickel. Okay, cool. it's good. Good plug. Can I read this one? Good ad. Yeah. Union. This is from Union Hulk at Hulk Union Smash. This is, of course, this is in all capital letters. Was Dave Zeitlin just kidding about Fred De Silva joining the Joe Tanzi show because it made Hulky very happy? Also, hashtag bonus question: Is there any human uh, way Philadelphia? Is there any human front office? I don't know what the fuck he's trying to say here. Is there? Is there? Any- <laughs> this is the best part of every show. Is there any human way that the Philadelphia Union front office ever works itself out? It resembles a porta potty in July right after a chili cook off. <laughs> Is there any human way? Okay, I got you. Porta potty in July. Yeah, after a chi- well, who's doing a chili cook off in July? Not me. Uh, is uh, to answer the question, no, no. All right. At what point should the union trade one of Bedoya Harris to get Jones on the field? Would a comm be able to play the 10 to get more speed on the field? How much more losing before ownership does something? Uh, I don't know. Ownership may have to do something at some point, but they haven't seemed inclined. You can play a comm as a striker. Yeah. <laughs> or just change yeah. the formation. And Jim, yeah, I don't. he seems like he's going to ride or die with Bedoya and Harris. So. Yeah. Uh, John Turley, is there a reasonable move the team could make this year? New coach, formation player to turn things around, or are we just doomed to be at the bottom of the standings? You are doomed forever, right? It's coaching. Well, I mean, it's coaching formation are really the most um, prevalent things right now. Matt Thornton, name three things worse than watching Philly play the season. Uh, getting hit by a bus, <laughs> <laughs> going to the dentist, and uh, uh, porta potty in July after porta- a, a chili cook off. Yeah, it's terrible. Thanks, Hulk, for helping. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jesse Pinkman, do the union have the best local broadcasting <laughs> duo in the league? I I kind of like JP and Tommy, but there are some critics that you know say certain things about them. But they're, they're yeah, they're, they're, they're trying. They're, they're I'll, I'll I I would say that I prefer my. Uh, uh, how do I say this? I prefer my color commentator to uh, be more about X's and O's. Yeah. Shouts to the broadcast on PHL 17. Though. I feel like it's been pretty good in the post-game show, which has been hard. Amarissa Pilla has been doing a pretty good job, I think. So There you go. Yeah. Uh, here's a little two story from Anthony Oliver. Uh, he gave us his drink tickets at one of the private meet and greets at Fado and talked for about 20 minutes with us. Seemed like anyone else. Great experience and a great guy. He has missed. Yeah. Well, and you know what? It's you know it's a shame too is that like his like he would have been loved by a for a you know quote unquote four for four Philadelphia fan. sports fan. You know I mean like he he would he, look I mean look at what like T J McConnell is in the city. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like, Latou was that to a T, you know? 
Uh, Alex Armstrong, what should Union fans do instead of watching away games? I feel guilty not tuning in, but such a waste, uh, frustrating, disappointing two hours. I mean, it's peak TV right now. There's some good shows. You go watch Atlanta, mm-hmm. Silicon Valley, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which just got canceled. Good show. I've been watching watch, uh, AP Bio. You all can watch the watch. Jets and the Golden Knights <laughs> in the NHL playoffs. Um, there you go. We don't talk a lot about the National Hockey League on the Always Soccer podcast. I'm not, I'm not a fan. For obvious reasons, but I got to say, the uh, Winnipeg-Nashville series was some of the best ice hockey I've watched. Really? It was a it's, blowout last night, wasn't it? Yeah, but uh, there was a bunch of road wins. It's just a lot of speed and skating. There's not a lot of like mucking and grinding and fucking and fighting and bullshitting and Fuck, all the like s- stupid, like, um, you know, like... like ice hockey like typical whatever like um you know the there's a portion of flyers fans who are just like yeah you know old time flyers hockey and blah 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 you know yeah. like i don't i don't want that i, I want to see skate you know speed and skill man i don't care if one guy can punch another guy in the face or whatever like uh i like clean hockey man i have nothing to add about hockey i die but yeah. but i digress yeah um, Andrew Dillon, Wayne Rooney to D.C., Fernandez Torres to, to uh, Montreal. What kind of impact will they have? Or is that a question better suited for Chris Vita? Nice. Uh, that's a impact. Veto. That's a veto question. Uh, is Torres going to Montreal? I didn't see that. Um, I think he's asking for a lot of money, but I thought yeah. he was. I thought Chicago was in. I don't know. Uh, John Harris, is the fan base moving from apathy to embarrassment? And same for the media core. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, we're the yeah. You know, as the media, we're not embarrassed. Like it's it's what we do. That there's definitely some apathy though. I think from both uh, fans mm-hmm. and the media, just because. I mean, it's still the job to cover the team. We don't. We're not supposed to care if they win or lose. There's mm-hmm. just like less to write, and you could tell there's less less reasons for fans to like want to read articles that that don't involve saying fire a <laughs> coach or. Yeah, give it to Sugarman. So some of these uh, comments are kind of out of hand here. <laughs> Here's another uh, Latou story I got. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Jordan first game ever went to August 2014 against Montreal. Twelve minutes in, McMath takes a goal kick, boots the ball downfield to Latou, who made a move between two defenders and then a touch around the keeper for an easy goal. Loved him ever since. I remember that goal. That that was the really mm-hmm. that's like a football play, like a deep pass. Yeah. Uh, Matt Bogard, Bogard uh, biggest salary surprise. Why are people still focusing on Simpson when it's a sunk cost? Uh, biggest uh, salary surprise got to be Dutch Carl, right? Yeah. yeah, that much money. Highest paid player in Union history. And the Simpson thing, it's just like you know, it's a, yeah, it's a two year contract. It, it is what it is at this point. He's not, he's not even on a trip with them. So Kyle um, Kyle says between <laughs> between Gilbertsville and Bella Vista, which golf course do you like more? Also, which have you lost more balls on? Also, is golf a better investment than union season tickets? Yeah, it probably is a better investment. Um, I'm biased, obviously, because I worked at Bella Vista. That was my summer job in college. I worked on a golf course grounds crew. There was one year where the guy who mowed the approaches uh, got thrown in jail. So I got the uh, approach job for the summer. (laughs) (laughs) Could be you. Listen, uh, you just got to f- take opportunity yeah, wherever you can find just, it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I like Bella Vista. I'm partial to it because we turned a sewage treatment plant into an island green. Nice. Opportunistic. There's your golf story for the day. There it is. Do you have any more golf stories? Yeah. Okay. I don't want to hear them. There was this one time this, this <laughs> kid uh, this kid drove a, uh, speaking of the island green, this kid accidentally drove a golf cart into the water in the island green. Nice. And then he comes walking over Sounds the hill. Like the, I was, uh, union season. I was digging a hole around the, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was digging a hole with the, like the 18th green or something. And he's like, Kevin, um, what do I, what do I do if, uh, if I drove the golf cart into the water? I'm like <laughs> looking at him like, I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. It really doesn't happen that often. So, uh, but the answer is you bring in a front end loader and you attach a hook to it. So. Uh, John Krasafi, do you really think the U are underperforming because of all the expected goals talk? There seems to be no cohesion in the attack or even midfield to suggest they're unlucky. Yeah. Have you seen that chart? The expected goals. It's like yeah, it's, XG. It's like middle of the road uh, for MLS. XG is very popular right now. It's in. Yeah. It's very trendy. Robert Hopkins, how could you offer Baxter and trade for such a little value in return? Baxter, a lot of questions about you. He's not even paying attention. To it. No, I, he's. Um, I think we have to trade him at this point. He's hmm. just checked out. Yeah, he's a liability. <laughs> <laughs> 
Aiden met what is pain? That's a deep question. What is pain? Yeah. Uh, I think we answered that with the uh, the dentist uh, yeah, the watching the union getting hit by a bus. Uh, plans July, for <laughs> plans for Memorial Day weekend watching Christian Pulisic. No. Uh, I'll probably down down the shore. Favorite food at at Talon. See, uh, we get the media food, so we don't really know what's uh. How has the media food been this it's, year? It's it's hit or miss. <laughs> My analysis. No luga. I know our pretzels with the uh, the Sixers really anymore. hasn't been that much of an upgrade, and you have to pay for it too, just because there's more people to feed. Um, yeah, there's like a million radio and TV people in there. Yeah, it looks like it looks like when you walk into the Union uh, or the Union, I'm sorry, the Sixers media room, it looks more like a small high school cafeteria. Yeah, yeah, I've been there. Yeah, yeah, you've been yeah there before, it's good yeah. food. What's the point in asking questions? No new answers to give. Yeah. Why are we even doing this podcast? Well, let me just see if there's anything else. Are you, do, you, do you have anything else? No, that was there? a question. What's oh, that point? was a question. What's the point in asking a question? Uh, well, I don't uh, know, but you just did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's another two story. Okay. Uh, Nick Youngstein, 2010, when Mwanga didn't get the ball out of his feet and couldn't control it onto his right, two darted from Mwanga's left into that central position and ripped a quick a curler inside the far post that was against new england new england i was one yeah. of his, that was one of his uh, five favorites i actually asked him after the press conference mm-hmm. to give me his five favorite goals oh really what did cool. he say it was on mlsoccer.com you didn't read my article no, with the chart five favorite goals he no, said the uh new england one in 2010 the uh, the um houston one in 2010 that he, I he controlled one. he controlled the cross that uh, i picked that i picked number yeah. one the I open did. cup goal with no gare in 2015 yeah that passed he, he kind of called the first hat trick he just like kind of that is one um that hat trick that when he had when he scored the hat trick that uh goal this the second goal the counterattack when ali moreno like controlled the ball and played like yeah, a, just nice, a ridiculous yeah. pass through and seb is finished with two guys trailing him which is fantastic you know it wasn't an easy shot man he just um laced that thing into the into the opposite corner you yeah know? and the fifth i'm trying to remember the fifth right now i can't i can't even remember well i gotta go look that up yeah here um here you asked a question. I'll the East, the East Coast Cheesehead says seriously. Has anyone asked um, Don Garber about how who is Union Box? Oh, is that Sugarman? Sugar That's Sugarman. But it's Twitter like hand. if you look at it, it's Union it's, Box. It's a blocked account. It's like a it's a locked account. He doesn't have many followers. Though. Union Box. Okay, yeah. that's weird. Uh, has anyone asked Garber about how Sugarman has napalmed the fourth largest market for soccer? Um, yeah, there have been discussions about that. Can uh, anyone actually talk fit. to him about the team? How much are the ticket people drinking to deal with fans canceling their accounts? Yeah, let's let's pour one out, man, for the Philadelphia Union. Talk to Sugarman, he said. Um, yeah, how, um, can anyone actually talk to him about the team? Sugarman? Yeah. Yeah, we, we've interviewed him before. We haven't got him. He was supposed to be at the Latu thing, but uh, scheduling changed. I bet. Which is just, yeah, I mean, it, it would have turned into us asking Sugarman to assess the team. So, uh, Latu's fifth goal was the first game back against KC at home in 2013, was his fifth favorite. The first goal of the season? Yeah. Just because yeah. it's because of the moment. You know, uh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, based on, like, uh, you know, like skill and, like, yeah, that was a pretty nice uh, one. Though. Stuff yeah. like that. It wasn't like any better than any of his other ones, but it was a nice ball by Keon. Yeah. What do we got? Anybody else here? Um, Taylor Cameron, do you think Ernie is a realistic shot at the US MNT GM job? Why might not? If they looked at his moves in Philly, I'd say no shot. But if they like look at his name and what he did before that, I'd say he's a shot. So I guess like <laughs> the, the I guess the real question is how much has his reputation has his reputation hurt, fallen yeah. off or taken a hit since coming to Philly? Um, Jared Remster, did the union know there is a left half of the field? I don't know. We should ask him. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Andy B says, um, marry, fuck, kill. Hulk union smash, Jay Sugarman, and your choice of anyone else on the planet. <laughs> that seems like a cop-out. You couldn't even get a third person? Yeah, because I can easily just say, I, like, I obviously would... marry Hulk. I mean, come on. Yeah. And then pick anyone else to... <laughs> I'm just gonna leave that yeah. question hanging. Yeah, just, just kidding. We don't want to kill Jay Sugarman. Yeah. Um, you have anything else that you want to add? Speak now. Uh, Paul Costa, Latou's locker room pump-up speech for the Sons of Bend River Cup team gave him zero time to prepare, and he was totally unfazed by being out on the spot. Still delivered a rousing speech. Seba was a good He's dude. A good man. coach. Yeah, He's a good coach. Someday. Seba was good with the with the media too, wasn't he? I yeah, mean, yeah, I think for sure. he always like. 
Um, uh, you know, he, I mean, he was always good. I always like available and like, uh, you know, back in the day before they like started pulling guys to the middle of the locker room when you would go around and talk to guys sitting there individually, I yeah. mean, he would always make time for you and he would always, uh, be pretty good about everything. I have a picture of you sitting there talking to him and you're both wearing like he's wearing like a Flyers jersey or something. Really? I yeah, I should dig that up and find it. I don't yeah. know why I what what, what the what the context is surrounding that, but um It was good to see him. It was nice. He he's a good man and it's always nice to see someone fall in love with Philly. Like he had no reason to love Philly. He grew up in France, he went to Seattle, he came here and you mm-hmm. know he, he met his wife, he met a lot of friends. He enjoys living up in uh, in uh, Northern Liberties and yeah, he it sounds um, like he's going to stay here long he, term, which is it's just cool. Sebastian, when he started here, he lived in Westchester with right. I think like a couple other guys, didn't Nakazawa he? or something? Maybe? Nakazawa I, I forget lived what with it him was, or something, yeah. and he met his wife in Westchester. Kendall um, in Westchester. She had the Kildares, I think. Yeah, and <laughs> she was working. She um she was a hairstylist. I think I think I think she had a salon out there, and so they met in Westchester. I think is how the story goes. And uh, when he did, she go out to Vancouver with I can't, I can't remember. But anyway, so I mean, he met his his wife here, and uh, you know, had his best memories here and stuff like that. And he's living here now. And I think he said, "What did he say about what he was going to do? He's going to do a little coaching." Uh, yeah, right? he, he was doing something over yeah, in Cherry he, Hill. He said he's going to do a uh, coaching, like his own, like private coaching. He said he might have a s- undisclosed role in the union front office. Mm. He mentioned like a spokesperson for a pharmaceutical company helping his wife with some business. So it sounds like he has a few irons in the fire. The union probably could give him a job. Maybe he doesn't want to fully commit to them. Maybe he he hasn't been treated twice by the union. Maybe he doesn't want to put all his eggs in that basket. But he sounds like he'll have some role with the union and coaching soccer. And Jim Curtin says he'll be a great coach if he does that. He has the mind of a coach. He's obviously very personable, uh, gregarious. So, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, um, like a coach for kids, youth coach. I mean, don't you think you'd love that? I mean, yeah, if why, I had a kid, I, def- I definitely have him. There are uh, go to the Sebastian there's worse, clinic. <laughs> there's definitely worse people to learn from. That's for yeah. sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I'll just end it by saying, um, you know, he had a great career here. Um, I always appreciated watching him play, and uh, I think I'm. It's a little bit of a shame that the union were not. Um, you know, he did a lot of what he did at a time when you know soccer was really wasn't all that popular here. Obviously, it was better back then than it is now, but. Uh, you know, hopefully I think people look back on that and can appreciate what he did and maybe some of the uh, the non-soccer people would be able to see that too. And one of the ways I think that's going to help is that, you know, nobody else is even close to entering the ring of honor anytime soon, you know? Yeah, I mean, I guess so the, he's gonna the only be one ca- you could maybe say is Carroll in terms of, like, minutes, but, yeah, yeah I don't know if he did quite enough. Or, uh, I mean, he was on a lot of bad teams. So, so I think that, like, that exclusivity um, for him being in there is going to be something that helps distinguish him <laughs> for, for, for a while, for sure. And, uh, I mean, I always enjoy Can you have a ring him. with just one person? Isn't that, isn't that kind of hard to have a ring that you need at least, like... <laughs> three right yeah it's just know. like a. you're right right it's a good um that's a question for the philosophers <laughs> and uh maybe we'll leave you to ponder i guess if he that. lies in like a circle i don't know he seems flexible <laughs> <laughs> all right let's end the podcast quick. all right uh episode number 40 something 48 i think for baxter who's uh passed out on the yeah, floor right now he's getting traded for dave's island i'm kevin kincaid it's always soccer in philadelphia have a nice weekend everybody yeah